Hello and welcome to We're Listening, the podcast all about Frasier. I'm Will. Okay. And this week we're looking at season one, episode 22, Author, Author, in which Frasier and Niles join their creative intellects to write a psychology book on sibling relations whilst learning a bit about their own. So in this episode, Key, we open with Frasier ordering his usual at Nervosa and reflecting on how nice it is to have one. I want to ask you, do you have a usual anywhere? And it can be anything. It doesn't need to be food or drink. Just any kind of usual. Is it usual in the sense that they know it's my usual or just do I know it's um, my usual? Okay, first and <laughs> foremost, when I ask a question, that's because that's a very that's a very good point and a good distinction. I think the first one, if, if they know it's a usual, then it's bonus points. But I think okay. even generally, because that's that's rare, I think, these days, if you do live outside of a TV show, um, then <laughs> maybe it's more just a place where you have a usual. But I'd be interested I'd be interested to hear if you have any. I think we have all learned on this this podcast that I am not an adventurous person. <laughs> I generally tend to order like the same thing in a lot of different places. <laughs> well, you're like a gammon and chips kind of man, no matter what restaurant you're at. I, mean, I do like a good gammon and chips, well, yeah. yeah. But if so I, like... If I go to, say, McDonald's, it will always be a quarter pounder with cheese, but plain, no salad. I nice, like the salad, but you do have the cheese on it. I have the cheese on it, yeah. I'm, nice. not, I'm not a monster. Do you have gherkins? <laughs> I've not gherkins. It's oh. literally just burger, cheese, bread. Just patty, patty, cheese, and bread. That's it. Man, that's, I mean, that's bold. I mean, I'd, I'd be interested to hear what people kind of listening in, what, what they have, one, when they go to McDonald's, but two, how they view that controversial getting rid of salad from a burger. Because, you know, I'm a big, I like, I like, well, I'm, I'm funny with burgers because I like salad on them, but I hate the kind of 20, 21st century trend of when a burger is absolutely huge. You know, like these stacks on a plate and they've got like a giant steak going through them to keep it all together. If you can't get your mouth around it, what is the point? Yeah, I don't like that if I'm eating. If it was like a, a takeaway, I don't mind because I can make a mess. It's yeah, fine. you can take it apart, you know, you can slob out, but you don't want to do that at a restaurant table. I, I once had a burger. Oh, I, was, I tell you, it was like New Year's Day a few years ago. I had a hangover hmm. and I was in London at the time. And it was from a place, I think they were called like, it was like something like Las Vegas was in the title of this place. It's, okay. It's like one tiny little shop in London. It's not a big chain or anything. <laughs> they gave you, there was like the Las Vegas burger. And oh. I tell you what, mate, it was special. It like, sounds it was, unbelievable. If, when you're hungover especially, that kind of greasy fattiness sounds incredible. It was like three layers or like just, it was perfect. And it, it was so good that I kind of never want to have it again. Just because it might tarnish the memory. Of yeah, what it it's become this mythic it's burger. Amazing. Like, yeah. don't meet your heroes. Don't meet your burgers. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, do you have a usual when you go to the hairdressers? Because I think this yes. is a common place. Maybe people have one. Yeah. Yeah. Do I'm you always... say I'll have the usual, or do you do you lack the confidence to do that? Because I go to the same barbers yeah. every single time. I go to you probably know him, do you know Alex. Um, oh, the Turkish dude. Yeah, that guy, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I, I, don't, I don't, I know of him. I don't, I don't know him personally. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know that though. <laughs> but, but no, I go to him every time, right? Nice. And I've been going to him now for several years, and he still does not know who I am. <laughs> You're this and, anonymous figure. <laughs> yeah, I've, I mean, I've now moved away from that town and live in Birmingham. <laughs> and yet, when when the barbers open, I will go back to Alex because I wow. don't want to. Be, I don't like going to new barbers. I find barbers really awkward because yep. I have to just sit there and look at myself. I am massively the same. Like, I, I've been going to the same barber. You know, Justin, uh, the other barber. Oh, I've heard the legend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been going to him yeah. since I was about six or seven years old. Um, and I go, my hair grows really fast and I get it cut quite a lot, like probably once a month. And I have now started saying, I'll have the usual. And he, he knows. And he's like, he, he always recounts what the usual is because obviously, legally, he doesn't want to cock it up. But I mean, in the, in, during lockdown, my mom's cut my hair three times and she's done such a great job that I'm th- now thinking, maybe I'll just save £10 a month and just, you know, continue to to have her run the clippers over it. But yeah, usual at a barber, usual at a pub as well. I do have one of those. Um, are you ready to tuck yourself into Trivia Corner this week, Kay? I am indeed. Excellent. I'm just going to move over to Reddit. We've been sent in two cracking batches of questions again from Hamish, aka Cam Winston, and Mischief Knight, aka Corey, two regulars on the uh, on the Quizmaster circuit. Now, I'll start with Hamish. Question one: How many times does Niles indent? on the laptop when they start writing the book he oh, quite God. excitedly shouts i'm indenting, indenting. Oh. So i wondered if you've uh, if you've got a figure for this this is a really good question i love question. questions like this because they're just they're insanely difficult it's, it's, it's good it's good i didn't even think just to, to 
count them because I just saw David Hyde Pierce's hair sort of flopping up and down. Yeah, he hammers it so fast. I was distracted as Hamish has noted by how chunky and like nostalgic that laptop is. It looks like something they pull out in like a disaster film in the 90s that's got like the president's codes on it or something. It's crazy. Okay, I am going to say it's a four or five. Okay. I am going to say... Which way is the wind blowing? Four. Four. I'm afraid it's seven. Slightly more there. Oh, yeah, I'm going to have to go back and watch this because I want to hear him hammer those out. But I, Hamish has been taking notes when he watches episodes now, so he's definitely he's definitely going to have got this right. But that is that's a lot of indenting. When I indent to when I'm doing writing on my own, seven is insane. I would be like halfway across the page. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I mean, you just know press shift, mate. You can press the shift button. <laughs> that will push it across. I don't think Niles knows how to format a word document, so that's something <laughs> to bear in mind. Okay, that was a tough one. Let's see what question two will bring. When Frazier suggests they lock themselves in the hotel room, Niles is also keen to write another chorus to what song? And he says this as he's leaving KACL, I think. Yes. Oh, okay. Is it like "See Who Is My Woman"? Something like that. You're so close. It's a Gershwin. It's uh, it's you best. You is my woman now. Okay. From uh, from Porgy and Bess, which is a, a 1935 opera by George Gershwin. These are extremely good questions, Cam Winston. I have oh, to very good. They're very hard, but um, Key's on the road set. I think he's going for the jugular this week. Um, oh, hang on. Here we go. Okay, trick question. He's putting capitals there. How much was the minibar bill that Niles pays for? Oh, yes. yes. You know this. Okay. I'm sure I know this. I'm sure I do. Oh, I was thinking because I'm sure I, like, I wrote... I was thinking because I was going to be one of the ones I asked you. I'm pretty sure. Is it $232? It is $232. <laughs> well played, Ken. He's put in brackets. The trick here is Niles doesn't pay for all of it. He asks Frazier to pay half, of course. Well, he asks Martin to ask Frazier because they're not speaking at that point. So very good, Key. We've learned that you need a brush up on your Gershwin. But other than <laughs> that, you know, pretty, pretty strong. Um, do you want to do your set for me? And then I'll do uh, Mischief Nights at the end. Yes, okay. So uh, my first question. Hit me. How many of Niles' patients have been elected to political office? Oh, man. I, I, know the, I know the monologue when he's saying it. He's like, you know, I'm on the head of the psychiatric board. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, I want to say somewhere between four and five. Um I'm going to go with four. It is four, correct? Oh, <laughs> that is an absolute shout. Oh, thank you, Key. Thank you for giving me a, a gimme. Okay, so your second question, mm-hmm. or second question rather, what are Martin's reasons not to be happy? Oh, wow. I don't even remember when he mentions this in the episode. I'm assuming he's in the apartment because that's the only time he's here. Martin's, what can you can you possibly tell me like what it's in response to? Okay, so um, context. After we have the brilliant scene between Fraser and Niles in the hotel room, yeah, Fraser comes in the next day and he's really happy, and um, he says you seem very happy, and he says, well, why shouldn't I be? And Martin gives him yes, okay, the rain's coming back or it's raining again. Yes, um, that's one. Oh God. I, I can't remember the others. Maybe something about the economy failing or something bleak. Um, and uh, I don't know. You're going to have to tell me, mate. I'm going to give you two out of three here because oh. the first one, it's going to rain again. Yeah. Jobless rates up. That's it. And two minutes ago, Eddie was licking that muffin. Hey, of course, Eddie was licking the bloody muffin, for God's sake. That's a good question, Kit. I like that. Thank you. Okay. And my final question. Mm-hmm. Um, what is Niles's usual? I am just going to forewarn you. I've just realised because I normally vet the questions. This is part of Mischief Knife's uh, Mischief Knight's first question, so I'll answer yours and then I can't remember the answer. Um, but I'll, I'll don't worry. We'll uh, we'll negotiate around it. Okay. Fraser has the. Oh, I can't remember what Fraser has. Uh, <laughs> Niles double. I'm thinking of other episodes where it's like double foam, no fat, low foam latte. Blah, blah, blah. Um, I'm going to have to go with that. A, 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 a low fat latte with a whisper of cinnamon. Tell you what, you're not far away. It's it's a latte with nutmeg and cinnamon. Oh, man. So close. But a whisper of cinnamon away. 
Um, okay, well, I'll quickly segue to Mischief Knight now because you'll see what I mean about his first question. It is, what are Frasier and Nars as usual? So can you remember Frasier's? Uh, I'm pretty sure Frasier's, is it like a... Oh, I forget the word. It's, it's like a double Kona with cream or Koma with cream? Something double like Kona that. with cream. Yeah, I will give Kona you that. Cream. I have never heard this term in my life. Is Kona a kind of coffee bean or a blend? I'm not, I'm not a coffee guy, so no, I feel like... I'm really yeah. not as well, actually. Maybe if some of our American listeners are a bit more into the cafe society, that Fraser and Niles are, they can uh, they can fill us in. Okay, question two: What type of fish was Martin trying to catch back when he took the boys to Lake What's its name? Um, okay, I'm pretty sure is it they go trout fishing. I do go trout fishing. I I was trying to remember what the actual name of this what he comes up with for the for the name because he says like what what's a hatchy at some point or something like yeah, a, something like a that. native I mean, sounding word and there's a yeah, there's kind of like an indie rock artist called Waxahachie, who's quite like lauded at the moment and has putting out some really good albums. And I wondered if maybe there was a common place name that they're both named after or something. Um, but yeah, it definitely sounds like it's got a bit of a Native American twang to it. Um, it, it means something like, 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 was it Lake of a Thousand something or whatever? That, that sounds about right. Yeah, I think I remember that. Um, okay, final question for Mischief Knight. During the physical altercation, Fraser claims that the pair are psychiatrists and not what? Okay, so I I looked this up because I googled it because I wasn't sure what it was. Is it like pugilists? It is. Yeah, pugilists. Like that, yeah. That's the one. So I believe that's just people that fight with their fists, like boxers. I think basically. It, yeah, it is. It means box. I think it's an old-fashioned term for boxers. Yeah, whenever I hear it, I think I don't know why. It's like boxers from biblical times. It's such a pugilist. It's got such a biblical kind of vibe to it. I think um, it's a good word, though. It's a word that needs to come back. It is. It is a good word, actually. That's. A, we're going to. I'll start referring that to you when. Uh, whenever things get heated on the podcast, and we're, <laughs> we're throwing virtual fisticuffs. Um, but excellent questions. Thank you so much to Hamish and Mr. Chief Knight for those. There's some kind of fun notes and stuff that they've uh, they've attached as well, kind of observations about the episode. So I will do my best to bring those up when we get to that part in the episode. But I'm, I'm pretty rubbish at that sometimes, so I might forget. Animation key this week on old Animation Watch. Can you remember what it was? Was it the lift? It was up, the lift yeah. going up or an elevator to our American friends. I bet that still confounds them when we call it a lift. And I think elevator is actually a much better term the more I think about it because lift is just like describing what it does. It lifts you up. Yeah, it's just describing. But obviously, when you go back down, it's like it's I not a lift. That. So it's like <laughs> lift is ridiculous. I think, you know, people lampooning the Brits, you know, maybe you've got a point when it comes to that. Coffee count straight away at the beginning of this episode is. Two taking the total up to twenty-seven. I've got two just about because they're kind of splitting the uh, they're splitting the coffee because then Frasier gets the wrong one and kind of passes it. She she passes it to Niles, the new waitress does. This is the new waitress that's introduced who plays a big role in my coffee with Niles. I think and I can't remember like I think she's in it for the rest of season one now, which isn't many episodes. And I think maybe there's some spillover into season two. Is I feel like this waitress is one of the like most recognizable extras from from Nervosa. For me, she's probably one of the if you if you say Cafe Nervosa waitress, I'd probably think her. Yes, um, which I is, agree. Would just be a testament that she's got some really funny scenes. She's not just you know extra in the true sense of the word. I think I think she's really good in this scene. I really really like her. And I just I think her little interchange with Niles and with Fraser, just the way she refers to them as Doc and she knows their usual. I think it's it's a more fun little interplay than perhaps we've had with some of the previous previous waiters and waitresses who've referred to them as you know gutless wonders and stuff like that. <laughs> No, I, I, I completely agree. I think she's she's got the most about her and she's got a very kind of expressive face as well. She has a lot of comical moments where she like raises an eyebrow at something one of them says, you know, in kind of exasperation. She's way more interesting than someone like Eric the Red, the Viking, who just, you know, lures women to the counter with his special blend. I've got, I'm sick of her. I'm sick of Eric the Red at this point. But yeah, so she's introduced. Sam, at this point, we, we meet Sam for the first time and really the last time he's you know he's i think he's he's obviously only in this episode he's barely in it sam is it tokenawa or uh, is it something like that tanaka or Ta- sam tanaka like that. tanaka that's right uh, he's a great character he is to quote niles the most respected publisher in the greater seattle area and he's obviously showing up because niles is meant to be writing a book um his he's niles is so visibly uncomfortable in this scene i think it's great but yeah i mean what do you make of sam because he, i just every time i watch this episode i forget he's in it and he has this like insane kind of 
presence, I think. It's the voice and how like charismatic he is, and yeah, just great. I absolutely love Sam. <laughs> like, it's another one like with you. When I think back to this episode, generally, like mm. the day before I watched this, I think back and I think of the hotel scene, and that's the main thing I always Yeah, I think that really stands out. Um, and I sort of forget Sam a little bit, um, but he's so good. And even on the phone, I absolutely love him on the phone when he's like, I loved it. No problem. <laughs> it's got such a good vibe. I mean, I just, well, okay. Obviously the whole premise of this, this episode is, is they're going to write a book. Niles needs to write something. He gets Fraser involved because he doesn't want to lie to Sam. Sam is, although he's very cheery and friendly, he's also got a bit of an intimidating quality. I don't think you'd want to kind of mess with Sam after you've agreed to a deadline. What I just don't understand here is why would Fraser not want to write a book? He, he's so averse to it. And he's like, I don't want to write a book. I'm getting out of here. Like he's so offended. And this doesn't make any sense to me. He has a lot of free time. He only works like three hours a day. And I'm fairly certain it's not every day of the week. And like, you know, Niall says, I appreciate you're busy. I just don't buy this this bit of the episode. I don't think one, Frasier is busy. And two, both him and Niles are so constantly seeking, like, you know, achievements and, and kind of accolades that they would both want to write a book. Like, that would massively be a, a dream for both of them. I completely, I actually think both of them are a little bit out of character. I, I really like it. It's funny and it's it's funny enough that I don't mind that they're out of character. Yeah. I will go along with, I've bought into it already. Um, but I do think there's a couple of little bits in this scene that you just do think, you know, in context, it's a bit strange that these characters who we've been watching for 21 episodes, 21 weeks uh, are making these jokes that we wouldn't necessarily associate with them but yeah i completely agree if anything the only thing that i would think frazier wouldn't want would be that both of their names are on it maybe he'd want just him being in the limelight sort of thing uh, but it is completely it is strange because he's someone who wants everyone to respect him he likes celebrity he does. Um, so you would think that writing a book would be right up his alley. Mm. They, they do seem a little bit out of character in this first scene. I mean, even like the absolutely beautiful, wonderful, I could watch it over and over again, little song they do at the oh, end of this scene. Man, I was going to bring that up next. It's amazing. It's so it's, it's, it's like one of the most used Frasier gifts on, online as well. It works so well as a gift. It because does. It's like it was made for. It's phenomenal. It's just amazing. It, it's so memorable as well. You could easily not watch this episode for a couple of years and still remember the, the beat, the rhythm, the, the lyrics. Um, it, it is, yeah, I, I, I'm sorry, what were you going to say? Because if you look at the, the lyrics of what they're saying, though, it is a little bit out of yeah, it's very risque and like, I mean, one, obviously the, the implied word here, um, expletive alert, is pussies. One, I forget this word has been around that long. I mean, obviously it has, it's been around for ages, you know, it's used in like gangster films and stuff. But I just, one, I forget that. Two, very out of character that they would ever have used it. Obviously, this was them kind of rebelling against jock types in, in high school by writing, you know, this bawdy but very highbrow operetta or the spring musicale, as Niles called. It and I want to come back to that, but yeah, I completely agree with you in that they're slightly out of character because I, I also don't believe Niles would agree to write a book and then not do it like he's so fastidious and he's hard working. And he, he even mentions in this episode, you know, that his is the he's the one who has work in respected academic journals. He obviously writes and he writes a lot and he, he works to deadlines. I just don't ever buy that someone like him would be like a slacker on the deadline. Obviously, it has to be the case to, to set up this episode. But, you know, and I don't I don't like to nitpick. You know, this is a podcast where we celebrate the show. But yeah, it's interesting to see maybe what the, how how much the writers have to make them bend to, to kind of get good storylines in a little bit. Um, yeah. And I yeah. think for someone, the, these are two guys who are obviously very academically gifted. They've probably they've been working to deadlines all their life. Yeah. Um, and it seems a bit strange that he's had two extensions already and has absolutely nothing done. That said, I I am just happy to buy into it because I just think it's such a funny episode. And like, even in, like, the, no, obviously we've started doing um, Zingers. Mm-hmm. We started counting Zingers. I got like a good five or six that could be my number one choice. Oh, wow. Well, I've got one I've picked for this, but I, I, I'd love to hear. Can you share one now? Okay, let me just, I've got all my notes. Don't worry uh, about skipping, like, chronology of the episode or anything. It, one of them, I love um, how Frasier says, Niles, I would shave my head for you. Gesture which becomes less significant with each passing year. 
that is what I picked for mine. I've got it. You picked that one. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, let me see. In terms of when he's, uh, how long are you going to store those nuts for winter? That is, that's an excellent one, actually. And I like that one because I always forget that they'd already mentioned the macadamia nuts from the minibar. So the joke kind of works that it's calling back to that. It's not just like an offhand comment about, oh, you look like a squirrel or a chipmunk. You know, he actually is referring to nuts that were in the scene earlier, which I always kind of forget about. I, for me, I, I, just, I don't think Niles has an average line in this entire episode. He's just on fire, isn't he? Even even in this scene when he's gone about how you, you know I long for the day I can <laughs> go to the library and see mental illness and my name. <laughs> see my name and a mental illness. <laughs> it's just fantastic. That is what such a such a quotable line, one of the best I think from season one. Yeah, I've kind of just made a note. The, the way they bob is obviously hilarious and it's a very used gif. When they when they you know they agree to do it, Frasier lets Niles in at the apartment. They both open and say do my frere do my frere i love the way they say that but i don't actually know what that means in french it's something my brother but i don't know what like do means that is definitely my brother i imagine yeah i just is it not uh, not adieu my frere adieu my frere is it because then like it would be because adieu sometimes can be like bye and hello at the same time but like ciao in italian means both hello and goodbye um also, could be wrong here, but all, in masculine French, because obviously masculine and feminine, it's always mon frère for men, and they say ma frère, which is like f- the feminine version. So I actually don't think it's technically correct French. Not that I want to correct Fraser's French, because that is one way to get on its bad side. Okay, I've got to bring something up here, Key, because this is probably one of the biggest sticklers for me of this episode, and I would love to hear people's kind of thoughts writing in about, about this. Martin is using wireless headphones in this. Oh, yes. Yeah. So you're going to say something else but it's yeah. 1994 and he has got a proper big set of what looked like wireless kind of bose style headphones that i see people wearing now and have friends who have exactly the same shape now surely wireless headphones didn't exist in the 90s i, I, I cannot even conceive that they were around then and like bluetooth and stuff wasn't around in the night is like in common devices that you know I'm, I'm fairly sure about so I just, what are you, what's your take on this? To this day, right, I want Bluetooth headphones for my TV and I can't afford it. They, they're I, so expensive. How, like the, so, the set he's got on probably set you back about three to 400 quid. I just, I honestly, I, this really pulled me up. I was like, well, are they, how is how are they working? Is it Bluetooth? Did they have that? I, I honestly, I would, I, I can say for a fact, when we were kids, I never saw anyone using headphones full stop. No, um, no. And if you did, they were, they were admittedly like big, like this size, but wireless like that is just unheard of wireless headphones of that size you know they're like the last 10 10 years maybe 15 at a push kind of thing so anyone anyone writing in i'd love to hear your take on this because this isn't something that came up from anyone writing in about this week's episode when we get to listen to mail and i thought loads of people would pick up on this because it seems like a massive anachronism well no actually the opposite of an anachronism it's something that's like from the future it's uh it's absolutely bizarre and you know they would have cost a small fortune if they really are wired back then obviously Fraser has the money but it just yeah it's a really baffling thing so something to I'll be, think think on what are you going to say I'd be really interested to know and again maybe just people listening to this thing these guys are so young they don't remember <laughs> very but very probable actually I'd be really interested to know if they genuinely were around and we just didn't have them or if it's something that the writers have said okay to make this joke work we have normal headphones but cut off the wire and just you know pretend that's a thing yeah, because I mean, they could easily have just got him to sit in the chair, and then and then like, presumably the wire would reach from the chair. You know, there's no reason for him to be behind the chair like he is. If they if they wanted to use wired headphones, he would have just sat in the chair because they would obviously have have stretched because otherwise Fraser wouldn't have bought them. And then you know we have the we have the same gag play out, but. It's uh, it's a funny. I mean, this is a great moment where they're testing Martin's hearing. He's like, you know, well, they're giving up, giving away that shirt when you got a tire change or an oil change or something. It's just a great kind of, you know, sending up blue collar plaid shirts, which I'm a big fan of. We've spoken about this before. I just, yeah, Martin's like, you know, if you say another word, I'm going to beat you with my cane or something. I absolutely love this. It always gets me. I love that Martin has heard the first two <laughs> and he just <laughs> waits. Yeah, gone along with it, waiting for his moment. <laughs> my next bullet point was actually do you own a good pair of headphones to ask you? But as you've just said, <laughs> the headphones set you crave, you know, you can't, you can't afford to. And I'm like you, I want a Bluetooth wireless set and I can't, I can't justify the money. I mean, I've got a nice wired set that I use when I'm like, you know, messing about on the piano or whatever, or obviously when I'm out and about to listen to music and they're quite good. 
But then, like, when I'm out running and stuff, I use, like, the cheapest pair of, of wired headphones I have. I mean, everyone has these, like, Apple Pods now, the you know, the tiny white ones. If one of them, like, fell out, which they want to do from my tiny little ears, I mean, that's it. That's, like, 100 quid gone. And you can buy this cable that connects the two of them. Bearing in mind, these are £100. If you put a cable on them, what are they? They're wired headphones, and you can buy them for, like, set £5. So... Just, yeah, so you don't own a good pair. I do not own... As I think we worked out trying to record this podcast when I was that trying to... very true, actually. Uh, I do not own a good pair of headphones. If you go back to season one, listeners, yeah, that will very much be... It's episode one of this podcast. That will be very, very clear. That, in fact, neither of us really had a great set of headphones. The ones I, we have now are pretty middling, but they, they do the job. I agree with you on, like, is it AirPods they call I them? I think like, so. They've got I some silly name. I would lose so many of oh, them. Oh, man. I do not get it. At, I really they confuse me they really yeah. do it's like Ray-Bans I mean I'm, I'm, I'm saying that because I'm messing with a pair of sunglasses that are on my desk here very cheap pair I love Ray-Bans because they, they'd look really cool and stylish and stuff but if I got a pair of them for a hundred and something pound I would just sit on them or I would leave them behind on a train or I just something awful would happen to them they're, they're so flimsy and they just they cost so much money. So I just think there are some things out there that save you money. You know, it's just I mean, like the, the set I've got that are wired, they're, they're, the sound quality on them compared to what you would get on AirPods is obviously unbelievable because they're over ear headphones. They're like noise cancelling. They, they sound amazing. And, you know, they're basically the same price. So it's just, it's a no-brainer. But um, so I've got here, Niles is typing insanely fast on the on the laptop here. I've kind of put not a big PC user question mark. We obviously know he's not great at formatting because of the indentations. But he's typing on this thing so quickly. And I don't get the idea that, get the impression he's someone who uses a computer that often. Like, I don't, you know, obviously this is still the 90s. They're not as common as, as they would be now I, I don't think he would have the 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 kind of practice on one to be as efficiently at typing as he is here so i think this is another kind of weird it's a bit like you know in like a, a, a 90s film when you see someone hacking in quote marks and it just normally means they type on the keyboard really quickly like that's not what hacking is i don't know did this did this kind of stand out to you or were you more kind of wrapped up in the whole like scene of look at this stupid laptop yeah i mean for me it, it stood out for a different reason for me i kind of feel like he he could have been using the laptop a lot just because Niall strikes me as the sort of guy that if he gets a laptop and no one else has, he wants he to would use it. For the, yeah, like yeah. like in Friends when Chandler makes lists on his little laptop just because he's got one. Yes, um, yes, I remember that. The, the thing for me that it went so fast is I don't think with a laptop that size, I think it'd be quite difficult to press keys with any kind of precision yeah yeah that's so true because it would be like the small keyboard won't it It wouldn't have like a num lock or anything and it was like it was was small but kind of clunky like i think it would be really difficult to use no i completely agree i completely agree i mean after after this point here they they they, they're they're typing they're writing and they agree that they're going to do on on sibling case studies and they're going to use fraser's show there's a title card this is just a little mini trivia question here that's completely tangential to what we were just talking about the title card reads the mother load because that's what Niles describes the uh, the kind of case studies they get as. That, the mother load, or just, just the term mother load, is a very famous cheat that could be used in a video game that's very popular, and it used to give you loads of money on that video game. Can you remember what video game this was at all? I have no idea. No, it's The <laughs> Sims. The Sims. Very famously, yeah. anyone who played The Sims, and I imagine a lot of listeners will, will, will know this. It's kind of, it's a bit of a meme. You would type in Motherload and got loads of money, and then there was another one. I think it was Rosebud, and it would unlock everything in the game. But yeah, maybe you just weren't a Sims player. Okay? It was very popular, I can assure you. Were you not a, were not a player back in the day? I know of The Sims. You know I don't of The Sims. You, you never played it. And this scene as well, I absolutely... Martin, it is everyone whenever you need a fast answer from someone <laughs> i need to know x hmm, let me just have a thing where were we when we thought about x i'm gonna go get a map let me get an atlas <laughs> it's oh, just a brilliant it. gag yeah. you can say another brilliant nars line because there are so many in this oh, episode. On, it's, i think it's borderline sleazy let's go for let's it go for it i love his face after he says that as well he kind of like puts his hands together he shrugs like he looks really like normal and, and human if that sounds really weird but he doesn't look like like he's in character when he says that, and it is it is borderline sleazy. Like when he says, "You think we should exploit 
your listeners for our own monetary gain. And Fraser's is like, yes, yes, basically. Like he's also <laughs> half joking, but then also like again, they they're really kind of compromising their ethics at this point, and it's just another thing about this episode where you think you know, they're really bending these characters backwards in in terms of getting them to do things. We've got a really good throwback to I think it was Kalani's questions a few weeks ago when we had that brilliant question about people being able to listen in the in the booth um the door to Ross's to Ross's producer's booth this is another instance of someone not hearing what's happening behind the booth the door because Ross is slagging off Niles who's in the main bit and then she op- and then she like puts on the mic you know hi Niles great to have you on board and he like salutes her so he obviously hasn't heard so like even it's not even been that many weeks and we have another instance of that i don't know if you had you noticed that when it was happening or I did not actually appreciate it you i really can't have- get it out of my yeah. head ever since it was brought up now every time someone's in that booth i'm thinking oh he's someone on the other side can it can they hear them or not it was just yeah such a crazy observation i thought it's actually something now we yeah it's good that we we should make a note of it going forward because it is such an interesting point yeah um, it is and we just yeah and it, it, it obviously shows up a lot more commonly than we think it does so i'd completely um, forgot about this episode and obviously cow when she gave us her police story um episode example she obviously had forgotten about this one as well something definitely to bear in mind were you, you going to say something then i think i interrupted you it was just going to be generally about the scene so does anything you want to oh no you you, you lead please do because this is, a, this is oh. a very meaty scene in terms of oh. And stuff. Absolutely. David Hyde Pierce in this episode is a masterclass. It's <laughs> Honestly, absolutely you're just singing those phrases, aren't you? I love it. I love his opening line of Hello, Emerald City. What's doing? What's happening? <laughs> yeah, I've put, would Niles really do this? Like, this is also really hard to believe for me. I realize I'm making it sound like I don't like this episode and I love this episode, but this does not strike me as something <laughs> Niles would do. I just, is he, is he taking the mick out of Frasier in like celebrity radio shows? And I just don't know. But it's great. I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna play the sound clip for us, so don't worry about that. Hello, Emerald City. What's doing? What's happening? <laughs> so I mean, I completely agree with you. I don't know if he would do it. Maybe it's just nerves or something like that. And it really reminded me, actually, seeing him in the booth. Mm. It really reminds me of. Oh, and I can't remember the name of the episode now, but do you know the one where um, Asia's ill, Niles steps in, and there's a basketball player. It and... is l- literally the next episode. Always oh, is it. Which one? Fraser Crane's day off when Fraser's ill and Niles takes over for him. It's not next. Yeah, it's literally next week. Sure. Yeah, positive. Oh, God. I didn't. How amazing is that? So it just shows you that you were right to think that because obviously they're they're close, so close in your head. That's really okay. Right. Thrown you for six. Has thrown me for six. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why. I always thought it was a season two episode. Um, Yeah, it's such a good episode, I think, that I'm with you. It does have a bit of a season two flavor, but um, no, it is. Unless there are two episodes where that happens when he replaces, because he does stand in for Frasier on a few occasions from what I recall. But no, the one where Frasier is ill is definitely the next episode. Okay. So um, pretty pretty cool. I was going to say it reminds me of that, but um, it definitely does. I mean, next week. <laughs> what, what is happening when Frasier presses that cough button? Is it dead air? If you were in the car, what would you hear when he presses that? Would it be like music, like that kind of elevator music that kind of just plays? Would it go to an advert? Because he holds that button down to kind of glare at Niles and kind of say, what the hell are you doing? He's got the button pressed down for about 10 seconds. So I was just really interested to, to think about what on earth does the radio listener hear when he's doing that? Because he, he just he just kind of stops talking really abruptly. It would sound really weird. I mean, I don't think, really don't know what it could be because dead air would make no sense. Um, it would. If you were listening every just like couple of minutes, suddenly elevator music. <laughs> yeah, like, like well, right, well, today we're going to go to the show. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, it's actually worked perfectly in that little bit you've just <laughs> I'm gonna, yeah i'm gonna play some. i'm gonna play some. we should have a cough button every time we do it plays you know the the song left bank two by the novel tones do you ever watch like smart or something when they were gone the art gallery do you know the music yes. i mean that one that is that is what i imagine is played when he holds the uh the the button down but i just yeah i just something to think about also both of them saying well, Fraser saying we're listening. It was like when, obviously hearing that now, and it's the name of the podcast. It's like when they say the name of the film in the film, <laughs> like such. It just it was just like a little moment where I kind of took a step back. I was like, oh yeah, 
That's what we're called. Ben is right. It made me feel like we put a lot more thought into our podcast name than we actually did. Yeah. Like, I, when I realized it was in this episode, I was like, damn. I thought like, you know, had we come up with something a little bit, you know, a bit of a funny pun? Like, no, it's just a line from the show. <laughs> like, you know, we could, we could literally have taken anything. I mean, I listened to an, an Alan Partridge podcast, or I did. Um, I'm a huge Alan Partridge fan, and their podcast is like the, the the foremost one on Partridge, and it's called Monkey Tennis, which is a really niche joke from a Partridge episode. Though it's quite it's quite well known, but it is it is also niche if that makes sense. But yeah, it's called Monkey Tennis. So if you saw that on a listing, you'd have no idea what it was about. So I wonder if people see we're listening and they also think, what the hell is that about? That's such a broad title, you know. Or do people think? I wonder if it's about Frasier, you know, if they can't see the picture, for example. Yeah, I, I think anyone who's seen Frasier will get it. I would hope yeah. so. Yeah, well, and maybe if they see it. that skyline in the thumbnail and they think, oh, you know, maybe, maybe they're Frasier boys, which of course we are. I, I mean, I've, I've, I've got here that this is one of the, the episode's best lines. Um, you've already said it, but I would shave my head for you, Niles. A gesture that comes let becomes less significant with each passing year we joke about Fraser's hair all the time so i don't want to rag on him too hard but we have got a whole season to go until he finally sorts out that insane haircut which actually at the end of this episode when they're in the hotel fighting that hair kind of takes on a life of its own it actually becomes pretty terrifying the way it's bouncing around as he's jumping um so it's just yeah this is not a good episode for showcasing kelsey's abysmal hairstyle at this point sam is back at this point as well as so we have him on the phone any any kind of comments here i love the way he says jackpot i don't know why <laughs> jackpot i can't actually remember how he says it magic <laughs> i'm just i'm just i just Hello. shouted jackpot <laughs> just like the little pause building up to it and there's so much passion in that voice it's there just... really is there really is he, oh, I he's, if i had to have a literary agent i would want sam backing me all the way i'm very interested i wonder how him and niles met if he's like the most foremost literary agent is it you know maris's money or you know something or a connection there because there's no backstory to as to why niles is writing a book who sam is if if not you know niles never expresses interest as far as i can remember in, in writing a book again after this episode that could be wrong so yeah just the kind of backstory here is very very unique i think also interesting sorry sorry to interrupt you I was say it's interesting as well just to have an asian actor playing sam because you know we talk about this all the time and this is a very common you know not criticism but observation of frazier it's a very white show i'm trying to think of all the people who aren't white that we've had so far so, i mean the waitress in this episode and obviously she becomes kind of a, a minor player sam uh teddy from you know from the episode oops when niles kind of you know teddy my man like kennedy burling of course um it was in a very minor role so yeah i think it's very it's very interesting that sam is one not white and two you know has quite a lot of speaking parts as well so it is it is when you see that in a show like frazier that is so white i think it's it's interesting to take note of oh you know maybe there's a bit more progressive casting going on here who knows i mean i don't know with with sam i'm just looking at um i'm on kcl and looking at the actor Mm-hmm. It, it, rather than just put him as guest star, he's down as a special guest star. So I don't know if maybe he was already quite a big name in America. Maybe, yeah. I feel like I should know who he is. That voice sounds very recognisable. But yeah, again, in, might, something we might have to look into um, in the background. So you, you're going to say something? Because he's uh, he's credited as as Mako. Mako, as in, as in that's his like his his name in real life. Um, well, he's credited as Mako. His real name, and I'm going to just going to I'm going to apologise in advance for my pronunciation of this. Oh no, we're not going to um, get sued, are we? <laughs> so, but, yeah. Koto Iwamatsu. Say it Ko- again, Zara. Koto Wamatsu. Wamatsu. Okay, I think that's a, I think that's probably a, a fair a fair attempt, Key. You know, you've tried to be respectful there. Um, anyone who's heard me trying to pronounce anything on this show, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. I'm very interested to hear from people if they recognise um, that actor and if he's if he's been in anything else because he seems if he's credited a special guest star, then he's probably got a bit of a bit of a cachet. The idea that Fraser and Niles would rent a hotel room just to have somewhere to write is so bourgeois. I mean, it's perfect for them too because obviously they have stupid amounts of money. But this is just nuts to me. I think like it's just they. It's obviously a cheap hotel because you know they comment on the the, the cheap wall art and blah 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 blah. But I just yeah, did this strike you as just like another another gratuitous display of Fraser's wealth? 
is, yeah. yeah. Um, it worked. I suppose that from the writer's perspective, they do need this environment where they can really, they're, they're sort of, it feels like they're trapped together a little bit like yeah. the Winnebago last week, that they're stuck in one place. Massively. Yeah. And the fact that they have that fight, you wouldn't be able to have this if they were like writing in Nervosa, for example. Exactly, yeah. And I think if they'd have done it at home, then you've had Martin and Daphne and it wouldn't quite work the same way. Yeah. But I tell you what, I actually really loved just a couple of the lines right at the start of this that, I love for Fraser's quote, um, cannot be intimidated by the tyranny of a blank page. That is a nice quote, isn't it? Not as you know, not necessarily funny, but it's just a really nice quote. I really it like is. it. It's just it's such a, it's an amazing thing. And for me, when I think back to this episode, mm-hmm. this is predominantly what I remember. I think it is for a lot of people actually. This is kind of like I mean, they're not even in that room that long, is it? This is probably like six to eight minutes of the episode, if that. Like you know, obviously the episodes aren't that long, so it's actually the scenes are a lot shorter than you probably think they are but there's i mean i could have i could have read out a billion lines here but they're just the, the kind of slow build tension between the two as they try to write a first sentence niles on about romulus and remus um someone else that fraser says is from the friggin moon i can't remember who who that's referenced to the lenin that, sisters yes yeah, like that yeah. yeah i think that was it um and then obviously fraser kind of says you know i can write a better uh, write a better first sentence here and the way Niles is like, you know, my hands are poised over the keys. And he goes, I'm waiting. That just reminds me of a Winnebago boy from last from last week. Just David Hyde Pierce, the way he pronounces things, just phenomenal. But I love the way he says I'm waiting. That's one of my favorite highlights of this episode. I'm waiting. <laughs> And then, of course, the it just descends into into a slanging match. But yeah, as I was, as you were probably going to say, I imagine. I was going to say the way they well they do it as well with them taking off their jackets and sometimes <laughs> they nod. I'm still waiting. I'm still <laughs> waiting. So they just look like they're something from like a noir film. That Niles has got his like you know his braces or his suspenders. Oh, he, they call them in the UK and oh, in the jealous, US. Jealous of uh, Niles' look. I just he, I think he, he, he looks really cool in this scene. And I also completely agree with him. Frasier does look weird in a t-shirt, and Niles doesn't. Maybe it's the fact that Fraser's got the crew neck, Niles has gone for the V-neck, you know, to accentuate his swimmer's build, as he calls it in a different episode. So who knows? Um, but I mean, some of the insults back and forth here, like Fraser, you're an incomplete thought. Brilliant. Just got to be giving so much credit to Niles and his lights. I love, um, I think, is it Fraser who says, it's an interesting sentence. Now, the question is whether we want an interesting <laughs> opening or a good one. Or a good one. It's the way he says that, it's all striding across the room. It's so condescending. I mean... I, I don't know about you, Key, like from when you can think about write, things you've written in the past, whether like it's, you know, creative writing or even an essay, but first sentences are extremely hard. And I remember reading about, I think, Gabriel Garcia Marquez, who wrote like a 100 Years of Solitude, really famous. He may or may not have won the Nobel Prize for literature. I can't quite remember. But um, written a lot of famous books. He's from Colombia, I think. I remember him saying in the interview that the first page of his books, he would normally like take a month to write. Like he would write the rest and then he would have to go back and spend like a whole month just on the first paragraph or the first sentence. So I kind of, it isn't as easy as Niles and Fraser think it is. You can't just come up with it in five minutes in a hotel room like you know there's a lot riding on an opening sentence but then they're also overcomplicating it i think the book really would be interesting and they both are in such a great position to write it they're both you know they're sibling psychiatrists writing about sibling relations it's like unheard of it's that good so it kind of writes itself i think and that's part of the humor of this episode is that it's actually very easy to turn that into a good thing and they still cock it up. Yeah, and it's it's just it show comes back obviously to this dynamic again, and, and obviously in a very very famous episode, I think it's the is it the innkeepers. Oh um, yeah, season they, two. Yeah, and done so well in that the idea that they both get so. And I think in that episode, actually, Martin calls them out on it. He says, "You always have an idea. You get really excited. Something goes wrong, and it all falls apart." Yeah, but it's so fun to watch. Like you just, just go along yeah. with it. It's it's phenomenal. I, yeah, I love what you, actually that bit about Martin you just brought up because he kind of lists off a few things they do, and I think he refers back to this episode if I'm uh, not mistaken, or possibly possibly something else. But yeah, that's a great bit. Another bit I love is Charles's delivery of when he goes, "It's not a tantrum," and I'm not jealous. I'm just, and then he shouts, oh, I'm "Just about, I'm just fed up." <laughs> I just <laughs> love this. I just. It's not a tantrum, and I'm not jealous. I'm just fed up. 
He's I, honestly, we need to start saying this when we ourselves are fed up because it is just he literally screams it, and it's like I can't think of another another delivery of another line that's like this loud. Like maybe some of the classic Fraser ones, like I am wounded, or you know some of those ones. But I'm just fed up. I mean, yeah, he, he's looking so cool in the t-shirt and the braces, and I feel I would I would be getting annoyed. They're both as bad as each other in this scene, but I actually do think Fraser is slightly more kind of obnoxious than Niles in this scene. Like, there's nothing wrong with Niles' opening sentence and Fraser just kind of completely dunks on it. So, you know. Niles does want this more. It means more to him, I think, all the way through. Yes. Yeah. the idea of his name on a book, whereas for Fraser to say it's a bit strange, but he does seem to just sort of be going along with it. That is Honestly, that's exactly what I was about to bring up. Fra- Niles wanting to be a psychiatrist first, but Frasier getting to it first because he was older. I think that's something he has every right to be aggrieved of because when he says it in that moment, it sounds a bit petty and, you know, it's a bit like typical sibling rivalry. But I, you know, that is annoying. If he grew up wanting to be a psychiatrist, you know, some kids, they like he could have been like five years old and he knew he wanted to be one of them. Like, you know, sometimes like prodigy kids, that's what it's like. And, you know, he probably wanted to, he had a plan for it. And then Frasier thinks, oh, that sounds pretty good. Maybe i'll do that i would just be so annoyed at the fact that just because of your birth order you're kind of denied getting those you know those accolades and i think in that one single line that's just a bit of a throwaway line in this episode so many episodes between them two i like kind of go back to that like that whole their whole rivalry and Niles looking up to fraser or always being in his shadow you know i think super super empathize with niles here and as, as funny as this scene is in this little bit i think you really do see a vulnerability to niles and you, you do, do see yeah he is very much in fraser's shadow and i think a lot of people can relate if you've got an older brother at any stage in your life that you're at that are probably going to be at least a couple of years ahead of you because that's just the name of the game absolutely you know they're, they're probably going to get to things first like marriage or children or you know getting a promotion or you know getting their degrees from uni and you know everything like that it's just it's how it goes and so you know I, I do i think me and you are both younger brothers we can both empathize with nars here i should I, I feel i should give a shout out to my brother actually at this stage because um i've been trying to get him to listen to this podcast for the last few weeks yeah and uh, he said um he wouldn't he kept saying oh, i haven't listened to it yet i haven't to it yet and then he messaged me today he said that he'd ordered the box set of fraser so he could watch it as he as he went along listening to oh, what a lovely gesture my brother so, would not do the same so <laughs> i just like that is really lovely day yeah actually while at this point i've got a shout out that I, I will forget to do unless I do it now and follow your suit. Uh, there's another key, and I won't say his surname, but another key who listens to this. He's a friend of my brother's and he wanted a podcast to listen to when he while he was playing football manager during lockdown. And he just wanted some kind of background noise, something pretty chill, no gimmicks. And he somehow, because he follows me on Twitter, kind of got chatting about this one and he started listening to this. And I was really flattered. But I was like, oh, it'll only last for like, you know, he'll only listen to one or two episodes and he'll realize it's two Frasier nerds and he'll, he'll, you know, wisen up and think, what the hell am I doing? But he's actually listened to every episode and he like looks forward to each one coming out every week now. So just honestly, I couldn't be happier to be the soundtrack to someone's football manager so there we are i play to you because i would definitely blame us for every time i can see the <laughs> yeah every time a team oh, oh, yeah God. i think football managers are a frustrating game anyway anything like our grating voices compounding the misery um there you go but okay something i need to mention at this point because this is hilarious i can't remember who it was on on fraser fan club it very well may have been steve who is one of the admins who i've mentioned before and I, who i know will be listening right now it might not have been him, so I apologise if it wasn't you, Steve, but it was it was someone. And they basically have a bootleg version. It might have been I don't know if this was real or it was it was like a joke meme. Because I, I, I can't I can't quite tell. Either way, it's hilarious. But what this image was was supposedly the bootleg subtitles from a non-English version of Frasier that was trying to translate the the, the original script into English. So when Frasier says, You stole my mommy. The subtitles of this scene were "You take mother without ask." <laughs> it's like in completely broken English. And honestly, the first time I saw that, 
I was crying with laughter. And I'm not sure if that was real or it was a joke. It makes a lot more sense. I think if it was just a bit of a meme and a bit of a joke, but kudos regardless, because I just think that's hilarious. And there was a couple of instances of this. I mean, You Stole My Mom is a credible line as well. And Frasier's leap onto the bed. Like, it's like in slow motion, he kind of hangs in the air. It's uh, it's pretty terrifying. I would be so scared if I saw a you know, 200 and something pound Kelsey Grammer jump on me. It reminds me, do you know, like those sort of bats and they like hook their arms out yeah like a winged squirrel or something yeah and he's just like you can you can see kelsey sort of like shaping up like he's about to start like a long jump run or something <laughs> like, like a wrestler flies, he flies through the air and it's, it's beautiful to see absolutely fantastic um so after this scene they realize the sun comes up they've got nothing to write they're uh they're you know they've, they've failed at their kind of writing endeavor they go back to the apartment they're not speaking at this point we have that great moment with eddie licking the muffin and uh fraser later offering it to niles as a kind of faux consolation but obviously martin calls him on it just uh some brilliant another another great zinger actually when niles comes over and he isn't speaking to fraser the kind of he raises his eyebrow and he's like i won't accept checks i know he has trouble writing things <laughs> i just thought that was absolutely fantastic a really good one i've also echoing my bullet point here says fraser does look stupid in a t-shirt so doubling down on that because i've already mentioned it but yeah this whole anecdote martin brings up about his partner that makes daphne cry blah 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 great acting as always from john mahoney a brilliant brilliant moment um in the episode and you know it's very powerful however i find it troubling how easy john mahoney well no not john mahoney how troubling how easy martin finds it to lie and the fact that he was a cop (laughs) worries me a little bit he's very good at fabricating stories to get people to do things and he's not doing it maliciously here but i as someone who doesn't lie and is very bad at lying I get quite uncomfortable when I see people doing it. And I don't know, I don't know how you kind of respond to this, because obviously it's funny and it's meant to be like heartfelt as well, but it's also kind of a little bit insidious and manipulative in, in some ways. For me, I, I thought you were going to say something else, because I, I don't mind this little bit. I think it's quite a nice bit, but he starts this with saying, um, I never had a brother. Which oh, is quite a big plot hole later on. Completely meant to mention this. I can't remember. I think this might have been on either Mischief Nights or um, or Hamish's uh, trivia. But yes, we haven't got to that episode yet. But I mean, what do you make of this? Because that episode is very, very low down in people's estimations of quality Frasier episodes. It's very maligned, I think. <laughs> I think th- this is a plot hole, but it shouldn't be. Because really, they should never have made the episode that he has a brother in. So what are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm just I'm conscious just that we've got someone listening, I think, who's about spoilers and things like oh, that. Oh, yeah, so I'm, I will, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'll just me- message them on Reddit and tell them not to listen to this this part okay. of this episode because we, we have to talk about this. Okay, I'm with you. I... And sometimes you look back at an episode and you see, oh, actually, later on, it turns out this was wrong. It was a huge plot hole. And I think it can sometimes taint that original episode for you a little bit. Mm-hmm. This is, it's kind of the exact opposite here. I regard this episode as like the canon and the factory. Absolutely. Game. I'm I so with you. I regard the later episode because I don't really like it. It doesn't work. It doesn't, the later episode doesn't fit in at all to these characters. It makes no sense that he would have a brother. Um, he's never mentioned. It's for a that very part. strange episode, that boy. I'm partially excited to review it with you because I haven't seen it much. I've probably seen it a few times and in comparison to how many times I've seen every other episode, that is like almost like I've not seen it at all. So there's I don't remember lines in that. I don't remember zingers. I barely barely remember any of it actually. Like I can't remember how much of it takes place in the restaurant versus how much is in KACL or the apartment. So I am kind of looking forward to going back to it. But yeah, all in all, a bit of a bit of a, a bit of a misfire from the uh from the from the writers i think when i think of that episode i can picture them all standing in a scene i think i'm in front of like a double doors or something so yes. that's that's what i really remember is this sort of freeze frame in my head <laughs> no i'm not i'm not a fan of it at all to be honest generally so i regard this bit from martin as accurate and that later episode is like a weird dream or something yeah, a weird dream there's actually quite a few episodes about weird dreams so <laughs> we could actually kind of get away with passing off as one. Well. so we have the kind of classic frazier style denouement the episode you know you you stand second to no one niles says or no frazier says that to niles um very again mild spoilers here but this is very similar kind of rhetoric to the 1000th show um the episode obviously season five i think when frazier's getting frazier crane day and they're on the monorail 
and they have that kind of cheesy, heartfelt, you know, kind of um, dialogue where he's like, you know, I, you're a giant to me. It's like I need a stepladder just to look. Like, okay, let's stop this. You know, they, the, 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 the kind of the way they're they're kind of singing each of his praises here. It's it's really similar to to that moment on the monorail. So kind of a nice little callback to that maybe when they actually do that in the the one thousand show episode. Just um, the fact when they hug is really nice as well. Like they it is a proper like sibling hug, and it doesn't feel forced, and they don't make it awkward like they do in season you know weeks and weeks ago where it's like mother always said a handshake is as good as a hug you know i like the fact they hug each other with meaning here and martin going oh geez like makes it even funnier like in the background so yeah just really love that as an as an ending for me i'll actually say i I don't see this as a as an emotion as much as of an emotional ending as perhaps some of the other episodes we've seen Mm. that for me i think because i see the fight all the way through as very funny and very humorous i don't take it maybe as seriously as some of the other issues that they've had in other episodes that they've then resolved at the end of the episode yeah Uh, which is probably wrong on my part because as we've said niles we we seem very very vulnerable in bits in the hotel room so i'm probably wrong on that front but for me yeah I, i don't know i just don't see it i don't think of it as being quite as emotional as perhaps it actually is yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with you. I think it's it's, it's a nice ending, and it kind of it, it comes to a. I'm glad that they reconcile, and but it, yeah, it doesn't it doesn't ham it up a little bit. It tries to do that with Martin's story, and that kind of seeing it this many times now, it's kind of backfired for me now. Like I'm just thinking, man, you know, how many how many innocent perps did you coerce a confession from when you were a police officer? <laughs> That's all this makes me think of. Um, <laughs> it's an interesting one. It's 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 funny how we kind of recolor these characters going back and looking at you know. The the point of this podcast, I guess, is we're like analyzing every line that comes out of people's mouths and, you know, what could this mean or what could that mean? And, you know, because when you when you've seen a show and love a show as much as we have and as much as everyone listening has, that's all that you've got left. You know, you have to start asking the questions that seem silly at first but I think have a bit of meat to them okay just final final bullet point before we get to the usual end of episode bits and bobs um, great closing credit sequence of Eddie jumping up and down we see a clock on the kitchen wall like it initially starts on the kitchen wall and zooms out that is the first time I can ever recall seeing that wall in the kitchen and let alone something on it like I don't think we ever see that clock again in a shot so this always kind of struck me as like when you see that clock and it's zooming out I always think where are we like what room is it this and then it obviously becomes clear it's the kitchen but yeah kind of kind of a silly a silly frivolous point to end on but I guess that kind of sums up this podcast in many ways yeah very much so I think so um the title key doctor oh shit I didn't mean to say that I was gonna say um, <laughs> do you know what it's a reference to though I'm sure you did is it doctor doctor it is, yes it is <laughs> I am gonna be honest with you I had never got this until I rewatched it for this exact episode of the, of the podcast I had never oh. stopped to think where did author author come from and I started to think and then as I wrote it down I was like oh my god it's it's doctor doctor which works on a couple of levels the, you know the, the joke and the fact that there's two doctors and so it's actually a really good title I'm gonna be honest with you mate if you hadn't have said doctor then i wouldn't have got it no way damn i'm so annoyed so there you go i wonder if people this is the kind of pun it's really simple but very easy to kind of to kind of skip on i think so it's nice to have another week like we did with travels with martin where there is a reference to point to because we've had a few where there aren't and i always feel like that's a bit of a cop out you know just like when there isn't an animation but we're not going to open that can of worms um i've got to i've got to ask you oh sorry what you're gonna say okay there's one thing i was just gonna say is that not as as much as I love your explanation. It is a 1982 film called Author Author. Oh my God! Okay, tell me more. Um, it's about a Broadway playwright who tries to solve his family and relationship troubles whilst getting a new play into production. Oh well, there we go. So I think there's there's two very brilliant things going on so this title is actually amazing in many respects because i think it's doing both of the things there i think it's paying homage to that film and it is playing on the doctor doctor thing um uh, pacino played the lead wow there you go i'm gutted i didn't know about that i love the pacino so very annoyed about that but thank you Kay. that is the kind of research that we should have done um <laughs> before we started recording but of course in in true we're listening fashion we we do things on the fly here i've got to ask you key what would kenny burling make of this episode do you think kenny burling would love this episode would he tell he'd me be more. there with mark with, with his axe just standing <laughs> in the corner of the room just watching <laughs> eating the leftover macadamia nuts nice just watching the fight kennedy what, what, would love it. what would be his drink from the minute 
mini bar if you had to kind of make a guess? So I know you would never presume to know Kennedy's drink interests, but if he was going to open the mini bar, what would he buy? I kind of think that Kennedy Burling is a Scotchman. A Scotchman. I think you're absolutely right, Kay. And I thank you for this week's Kennedy Burling insights. No further explanations needed. Is this in your top 10? This is in my top 10. I love it. in your top 10. Oh, Claxon. Unbelievable, Kay. I was not expecting that. I mean, this, this, is, this is a very highly regarded episode. So, you know, I, I should have expected that. But yeah, tell me more. It, like, honestly, I, I get everything that we've said in this podcast, that there are plot holes. And oh, yeah, but I mean, they're immaterial. If you love the episode, you love the episode. I just, I find this so, so funny. And watching it back, I, I watched this again today, just before we came on. Mm-hmm. And it just, it makes me laugh so much. And there was so much of it that I didn't remember as being in this episode. Like the whole bit about their little song. Obviously, mm. I, know, I remember that scene, but I forgot that it was this episode. Yeah. And just, I love David Hyde Pierce and this is a David Hyde Pierce masterclass. It really is. Um, and I should say is, obviously we've been going on about the, the main cast and their favourite episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is David Hyde Pierce's favorite? Oh, episode. there you go. And I think I think it's very clear actually because this is a this is one of the one of the first season one episodes where it's really Niles led. Well, not not one of the first, but one of the season one episodes where it's very Niles led. And I think yeah, well, one he does an amazing job, uh, David Hyde Pierce. But it just yeah, I think I, I love the fact it's in your top ten. We've had two in a row. I'm not sure how many how many if if at all that will happen again for for either of us. So that's that's really cool. It's not in my top ten. Though, should say however this is like one that would probably be in my top 20 uh, i don't know we're not going to start in a top 20 don't worry about that <laughs> but listeners but uh yeah if, if this had a if this was if, if it's going to do a top 20 it'd be in there i think it's orbiting very closely before we oh yeah pick an actor key does that mean niles is your is your actor of the week for this episode I think it's got to be yeah. like he's every every single delivery every single facial expression the physical comedy i don't think there's any line he has in it i mean there are so many i know you see sometimes like Frasier t-shirts with a quote on it and things like that yeah there are so many you could, these you could put on a t-shirt like it, you know is it it's downright um, sleazy downright sleazy uh, the, you know the one about Frasier's hair there's just there's so many and it's just it's phenomenal it's apps the back and forth the way you see it escalate into them being these you know these very intelligent intellectual sort of arguments hmm. you know between Romulus and Regus and, a, a, and a, sorry, Remus and a, an interesting opening and a, and a good one and then it just descends into you know you stole my mummy and you got that face. <laughs> it's hilarious and I absolutely love it. It is. It is wonderful. And I would like you on your little tally that you're keeping to jot me down for Niles as well, please. Because I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say anything else because you've just summed it up perfectly, but Niles is also my pick uh, for this for this week. That means before we get to listener mail, there's just the classic customary game of whose crane is it anyway to uh, to play. Are you ready for that, Kay? I'm um, indeed. So this week for whose crane is it anyway, I have a feeling you're gonna get this one just because it's you know, I'm not I've not gone super obscure like I have in previous weeks. It is a top Top 10 episode after all, so I've got to be a bit more lenient this week for you. I wish I'd know that when I asked you some of the trivia, which was uh, blindingly hard, but brilliant as it was. This week, Key, for Who's Crying It Anyway, can you tell me who says very clever solution? Very clever solution. Solution. Okay. The one I'm looking for. Is it main cast or anybody? Um, it, it can be anyone in the episode that has a speaking part. Anyone in the episode. I should um should be remembering the rules by now. Should <laughs> well, the rules are kind of uh they change all the time on the various games we play on this podcast. So don't worry. Okay, I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. Instinct. I feel like just because I've gone about Niles so much, just definitely give me a Niles line. You're trying to get me out. Okay, um, that's if you want to go with that. Okay, go with that. <laughs> <laughs> I think okay. I think it's Niles. Yeah, it's maybe when they're first pitching ideas for the book, something around there. It is Niles, but it's yes. when Fraser explains the wireless headphones he's bought for Martin. So it's a very clever solution for getting him to uh, to listen to the TV quietly. But well played. Yeah. I'm so glad you got the fact that it was Niles. You deserve that after a after a brilliant review of his character this week. So all that that leaves is listener mail for this week. Raz, who's our next caller? So this week we heard back from Recklia77, who is our kind of listener trying 
trying to avoid spoilers. So he, he, he or she may not be listening to this episode because I'm probably going to have to tell them they can't because of the whole plot hole thing. Very long comment, actually, um, of just in general about kind of their, their writing process and what their, their kind of, their, their watching process, sorry, and the spoilers they know of and, and, and they don't. But he put author, author, this wasn't one of my favorites, especially after the absolutely brilliant previous episode. It just couldn't live up to it. I think the main reason was it lacked the rest of the cast. Niles and Fraser's fight was amusing to watch, especially Niles leaping at Fraser's back. I can see why David Hypeus loved this one as it explores the brothers' relationship more. But for me, it was too much of it. Martin's story, story being a lie was very clever of him. And the line about who's the best writer, who's the best writer now was great. So it's very interesting, a different take there. So we've, we've had it in a top 10 over here, but someone here doesn't think it's, uh, doesn't quite live up to Travels with Martin, which obviously we both picked in our top 10 as well. So, you know, it's keeping very good company with good episodes here. Uh, some of the, some of the fun things Mischief Knight uh, commented, Niles claims that Frasier is, quote, mixing metaphors like a cuisine art or a cuisine art, which I think is a blender or something. And he put in five short episodes away in the matchmaker Fraser will claim that Lilith put his heart into a quizzing art and pushed the puree button just interesting that the brothers both make multiple allusions to that same uh, same kitchen appliance if that's what it is um, so very very interesting there obviously he brought up the fact about the the brother as well and he's also also put some extra stuff here in a different comments so I'll just read this one out he put cheers to will on getting three that was in reference to my three correct answers in last week's trivia corner he put I loved your take on the episode this really allows such a wonderful transfer of UK and US perspectives, given the nature of the Fraser episode as well, and such a lovely part of the podcast. Um, admittedly unfamiliar with UK geography, it does amaze me that it only took you two hours to drive to France. Uh, it might have been a little bit longer, but yeah, two two to three hours, right? That they, they were speeding. They were, <laughs> and that was your longest trip that you could think of. That's especially true for me. Growing up two hours in most directions wouldn't get me um, out of my state, though I did drive cross country when I moved, and that was an experience. Pennsylvania to California and had to do it in four and a half days to start a new job. Wish I could have stopped and seen more. That's really cool. Um, the idea of, of heading out west in four and a half days to start a new job. Really love that. Um, this is really interesting, Key. You know, we talked last week about the the apple cider, the homemade cider um, that they want to pull over for. Is he put so Ray cider? I didn't know how it is. I don't know how it is in the UK, but along with alcoholic ciders, it's an autumn delight, non-alcoholic juice style drink. Most people like to mull it with cinnamon and drink it warm, it's a bit like mulled wine, but I prefer it cold and crisp. So for the quote romance of the American road trip, it's a common staple for autumn. So this is this isn't something we have in the UK. Cider in the UK just means you know apple flavored lager basically it's you know it's alcoholic cider it's strong bow it's dark fruits you know it's it's what it is i mean are you a, are you a cider fan key yeah i'm, I'm strong strong bow and dark fruits you look like a dark fruits kind of man i don't yeah. mean that it is an insult you know it's a good it's a lovely drink uh, it's, it, it's nice it, i don't know why <laughs> on, on a summer's day it goes down very smooth so you know there you go cab in the city put I finally caught up. Yay, I love cider. It is made of, um, I think they mean they finally caught up with the episode, so great to have them on board. Um, about the cider, they put, it, it is made at a local apple orchard here in Indiana, only during the fall months, again, an autumn thing. So it's a bit of a delicacy or specialty item that people kind of wait for. I also had to Google sausage rolls, but they look delicious. Um, after we talked about sausage rolls a lot last week, we can confirm they very much are delicious. Oh, um, yeah. You can get them anywhere in the U.S., please try and uh, try and have some and last but not least cam winston hamish one of our quiz masters he put love the episode i'm driving for work today and it was great company i see that i didn't stump key this week with my trivia but i'm loving doing the questions with mischief night among others he might change his tune after he hears uh, some of your responses this week key who knows um, he, <laughs> put... <laughs> he put fun fact key has a flat cap as discussed and i love peaky blinders as well i believe niles wears one when he rides the segway into fraser's apartment which he does um, and he also wears one in that elevator scene i mentioned he put author author and travels with martin i can't split as favorite eps for the season so are equal to me i love the acting and a whole plot of both and then you kind of put about the galapagos islands some of the mad animals you'd find on there giant tortoise the blue-footed booby giant iguana and over 30 species of sharks so hamish is a little bit of a bit of a galapagos buff over there uh he loved the fact that we spoke about new zealand as well which uh, which we did and he says he lives in christchurch in the south island you're 
always welcome for a visit. We can watch Fraser and Hara Winnebago for a trip around the island. He uses the Maori word for New Zealand, but I don't want to try and pronounce it because I will butcher it. And he also wants to know when the Premier League gets going again because he's a football nut. Hamish, we'd love to know who you support. It starts actually a week today and Mine and Key's team will be playing live on television. Aston Villa will be back. When? So I'm thinking that we're going to reschedule the recording. We will this have to. Yes, we won't be recording on Wednesday next week. That is for sure. We will be uh, doing it on a different day. But yeah, it kicks off next week. So love to hear who you support. And uh, thank you everyone who, who got in touch as well, as always. Um, we love reading your stuff out. So keep them coming. Next week, we'll be looking at, as mentioned, season one, episode 23, Fraser Crane's Day Off, which is all about Fraser getting the flu and Niall's having to step in for him on KACL. Any Anything we've missed, Key, or you want to kind of mention? I don't think we've missed anything. I think um, we've covered everything. I'd like to ask just in case, because otherwise I don't give you any chance to jump in after listening <laughs> to Mayo. <laughs> Um, I just I feel I should do just a little roundup. We're three weeks now into the best actor. Yes, we are. Uh, so far, you've not picked the same person twice. You've oh, got, well, just got, call me Mr. Variety, mate. You are. One for Martin, one for Fraser, and one for Niles. Wow, there we go. It'd be nice if I could kind of keep them even across, like across the five main cast members, but I don't think that's going to happen. I think, unfortunately, how it will be is, is Fraser and Niles will probably dominate. Um, a lot of the a lot of the show but yeah absolutely absolutely wonderful looking forward to next week's Fraser Crane's day off but other than that I've been Will Binky and thank you very much for listening to We're Listening Hey baby I hear the blues are calling tossed salads and scrambled eggs mercy and maybe I seem a bit confused well maybe but I got you pegged <laughs> but I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled